All right, what's going on, Wiz Kids? Zach Rosen here with Jeremy Hyman and our special guest today from the road, NBC Sports Washington sideline man, a man of many talents. He's gonna list all his shows, man. We don't even, we can't even keep track. Chris Miller in the house. All right, so we got uh, <laughs> we got one on one with Chris Miller. We got Soul Talk with Chris Miller. We've got uh, Road Diaries with your boy. We got Wizards Extra Game Time before, during, after. Yeah, that that pretty much sums it up. What's good, fellas? Well, where can we see all these great shows? Uh, you can check it out on NBC Sports Washington uh, on my Instagram page. <laughs> oh, my Follow them. Follow me. That's uh, on the Insta. It's CDM for life. On the Twitter, it's uh, it changed. It's C Mill at C Mills NBC okay okay there's the plugs plugs good plugs plugs. uh but welcome chris we're we're currently we're on the road it's monday morning in milwaukee where the wizards are getting set for their first back-to-back of the season and we're already a month into the season can you believe it yeah we're the last team actually to have back-to-backs which is surprising when you look at Mm -hmm. the schedule you know, it's funny when we break down like the Wizards schedule, there are a couple of stretches here, you know, coming up where you're like, man, there's a lot of time off or man, there's a lot of games. So I think this is what happened once the NBA kind of stretched the schedule out to allow rest. But yeah, I, I'm kind of shocked that we're the last team to have a set of back to backs. And, you know, obviously coming off of yesterday uh, in Toronto where, you know, it's tough. Guys left nine points at the charity stripe and they lose by nine. But it was more than that had more to do really with trying to defend the paint. I mean, Toronto just, you know, they, they almost took up real estate in there. And, it, you know, during the Wizards' four-game win, three-game winning streak, you know, the thing that I liked the most was the fact that they were doing a better job of trying to keep teams out of the paint. So tonight is going to be a daunting challenge because Giannis Antetokounmpo is a guy that loves Ooh, good pronunciation. the paint. I had to work on it for him. like the first two years he was in the league. I was like, man, I hope we don't play him with like twice. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the the paint defense was really good. And I think the Wizards were also efficient at scoring in the paint. And then the last two games, script is kind of flipped. But we have to bring up John Wall did not play Sunday. Second straight trip to Toronto. Of course, they pulled out the first one, but the second one fell a little short. We, we don't know yet, but we feel like... John, there's there's optimism that he's going to play tonight in Milwaukee. Maybe he rested because of the first back-to-back, kind of like he did in the beginning of last season. What's really, I mean, without him, it's pretty obvious you're missing a four-time All-Star, a two-way player. But what did, like in that Toronto game, what did you really see that kind of hurt the Wizards the most? Well, pace. I mean, it's when your best player is not out there, um, it's noticeable especially with John, just the way he plays and obviously the position in which he does it. I mean, he's a 20 and 10 guy. Um, But I will say this. I have noticed Bradley Beal's aggression when John isn't out there is intriguing. It's exciting to see. Um, And I'd like to see that more when John is out there also to find that balance of aggression and playmaking. And I think his pick and roll with March... Is something that's caught my eye the last couple of games when they're out there together. And uh, I guess we'll talk about the machine a little later, but the fact that he had a career night with seven dimes, I think Scott Brooks might have saw something yesterday that kind of opens up this offense now of actually having March at the high post and turning and facing and seeing cutters. 
that's a new part of the offense that I think now if the Wizards can incorporate that, they're an even more dangerous team. Yeah, I think that's a that was a good observation from yesterday. We talked to some of the guys afterwards about that. And to see March, you know, be more of a facilitator and a playmaker. That's what Scott Brooks said he wants March to do a little bit more of that and play a little bit through him through him out of the post or you know, he's such a good screen setter and we talk about that all the time. But sometimes it's, you know, those dribble handoffs when that's part of the, you know, handoff set the screen. And that's how Beal gets open for a lot of those shots. And you see more of that with, you know, when John's not in the lineup like these like like we did in Toronto. Now, it, I heard, you know, Zach said that, you know, last year how John didn't play. You remember the first month of the season, he sat, a couple, you know, one game with a back-to-back. This is obviously a different situation than than that i mean this is not a pre-planned thing mm-hmm. that you know he came to this, this year as healthy as he'd ever been now i mean this the fluid buildup in his knee the swelling it doesn't sound serious i think it's hopefully this is going to be the end of it after he if he plays tonight and hopefully can move forward um, but anytime you have him out of the lineup you know he's the team's best player he does so much you know in terms of scoring and facilitating and getting everyone involved that for them to win that game in Toronto, I thought was very impressive uh, two weeks ago. For la- yesterday's game, you know, Scott, you know, Brooks talked about making it a fourth quarter game, giving, you know, they had a chance. They played okay. Um, they didn't, you know, down the stretch, it didn't go as well. It wasn't as good of a fourth quarter as they put away Toronto the last time. But I think we saw some things that, you know, that would give some optimism in terms of trying to, you know, get by without John. But um, I guess in terms of just the team overall, it's it's um, I don't know what the right adjective or the word I'm looking for now to transition and, and move this into. But at nine and seven, um, I think we've seen we've definitely seen the spurts of what this team can be. I know it's not you know, I think we expected them to be a little bit better at the start of this year than compared to last in terms just in terms of record wise um at least i did i thought they'd be a little bit a little bit higher you know we we talked about the few of the games they let get away um i don't think it's overly concerning because it's that's i think it's just sort of the this how the nba goes now where you can you know you have a month where you play a little bit above 500 and then maybe in december they you know get on another roll like last year when they got on that run late December through February when that home winning streak so I I think I think to me it feels like because of what Boston's doing and now they've won 15 in a row if that's right 15 and two I think that's that has created sort of this narrative now that like oh Boston's like has separated themselves they're they're you know Cleveland's the defending champs Boston's like playing unbelievable without Gordon Hayward they're sort of the talk of the league. The Wizards have just sort of kind of, I mean, just kind of gotten by now at, at 9-7, and seven, which is, you know, right in the middle of the pack. They're, I don't think they're certainly not worried. But um, but do you, are, are, you, are you concerned at all, or do you think that, 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 um, that, that they're in an okay spot and that, you know, with, shoot, 60, I can't do the math. 66. 66 games, is that... Yeah, yeah, 16 we played. 66 games. <laughs> 66 games left. But the point being that it's 
it's we have so much season left that there's plenty of time for this team to catch full stride. I was concerned with the two and eight start last year, <laughs> and then I remembered um, you know, a couple of weeks ago someone asked me about when they were five and five, and I said the five and five cons- not concerned me, but it worried me more than the two and eight a year ago, and the reason why is because of expectations. So now we look at this team differently. Like last year was Scott's first year. John's not playing back-to-backs, as you said, Jeremy, So uh, Zach. So I, I see this team underachieving a little bit, but the reason why I say that is because the standard was set early in the year that we thought that this By team the team, ready, too. By the team. Yeah. Um, that they were ready to take that next step. Now, we didn't know Keith was, you know, we knew Keith was going to be coming back slowly. You know, all these things that have kind of happened to get these guys off to this start. But after 16 games to say that you've won nine of them, I mean, that's representative of a good team in the East and it, you know, one of the top teams in the East. But, yeah, I agree with you, Jeremy. The fact that Boston is on this ridiculous streak, uh, Cleveland looks like they're starting to come around a little bit. Toronto is launching threes at a ridiculous pace. I mean, they averaged, before yesterday, they averaged just a little bit under 31 three-point attempts. And I'm like, I'm sitting courtside yesterday going, who is this Dwayne yeah. Casey team? You know, because now they've changed their philosophy. And if they get hot, I think C.J. Miles took nine three-pointers yesterday <laughs> by himself. Uh, so they feel like they're trying to figure themselves out. I think there's it's Boston clearly, and then I think it's Washington, Toronto, uh, Cleveland, and those jokers we're going to see tonight. Who once they got Bledsoe, and now you're alleviating a little bit of that, bringing the ball up stress for Giannis, and allow him to do whatever he wants out there. Now you're starting to see things stack up in the East. And again, we're not even at the quarter pole of the season yet. And I, I normally wait, you know, 20 games before I make some type of declaration. But what I've noticed is when they're good, they're really good. Mm-hmm. And when they struggle, typically it's because they're not defending and they're not rebounding to basketball. I think that's that's fair points. Great analysis, as always, as you can hear on NBC Sports Washington. That's Chris Miller joining us. But uh, that's – I mean, that's, that's, that's fair. I mean, I think that's certainly, um, you know – what what we've seen through the first month of the season is it's it's uh you know it's easy to jump on the team and you know be negative and talk about you know we had the high expectations and the continuity that we all talked about in training camp and just because of i think how you know how well the team played i maybe just felt cuz they actually you know down the stretch before the playoffs last year I think they finished the year the 500, maybe in the last month and six weeks or so in the season. But, but it's just it's all, I don't know. It's it's all like how you remember it, and it's how and that and it forms mm-hmm. narratives, and then it forms, you know, what people are writing about and talking about in the chatter on social media that we love to, love to <laughs> those uh, comments, man. Talk about, um, and, and the thing is, it's it's just. I think because, you know, people are, you know, football is so big and it's such a week-to-week sport, and my God, I mean, one week to another in football, like, this team's great, this team's not. Basketball, is it's a long year. I mean, it's six six months, you know, of a regular season. You just, you got to take the ebbs and flows. You can't, it's like you win three in a row and you feel like, okay, we're back. Like, you know, the team's defense is back. You know, they beat some bad teams, but, you know, the, the feeling's good again, and then... You lose a couple, and all of a sudden the 
you know some of the negativity starts creeping back in and and then you start doubting the team but the, the key is just to stay even keel stay calm i mean if there was a big concern i think we'd bring it you know i i would say i'm really concerned about this to i don't feel that way right now um i think i think we've seen you know there's some there's some areas that this team needs to work on for sure that some of them we saw from last year but um but overall i'm just not i'm just ready for this team to really like get back into that groove where they can roll off like nine out of 11 or something like that and just sort of start separating themselves in the east and with those expectations too it's not it's kind of like going into that miami home and home we expected them to split they split toronto milwaukee you kind of expect them to split that back to back so it's you hope you hope to i mean that's the goal you want to at least win one on this road trip but i don't feel like there's been many games you know phoenix dallas lakers on the road maybe those are games you you let get away maybe you should have beat golden state but it's not like the wizards are getting blown out really like in any game the heat should have put them away in the third quarter and they didn't on friday and they still fought back so you know nine and seven at this point is just it is what it is i don't think anyone can be that disappointed it's a fifth through the season like what matters is in april and may and right now as long as people are healthy and playing at least their ability and showing that they got better. I mean, Brad, Otto, Kelly, all clearly have gotten better. Keith yeah. is going to find his groove. He's still, you know, getting healthy. John's getting healthy. I think Gortat is, has been really good lately, and he's showing that even though he's in his mid-30s, like he's a serviceable big man. So He's doing, you know, what he did in Toronto, I think, should be illuminated mm-hmm. because, you know, Scott Brooks even said it after the game. He's like, I've never been around a guy that has developed this late in his career in terms of doing that aspect of his game, which is passing the basketball. And for March to admit that, you know, he's never really been in a system where he's been asked to do it, but he can do it. I mean, that's, that's a sign of improvement. So, you know, for all the naysayers out there on March, I get it. You want... Joel Embiid, or you want some guy that just jumps out of the gym, what you don't see from March in a stat sheet, just look at it on film. Look at the screens he is setting to open up Otto, John, and Brad. If there was an analytic for it, we would be talking about it ad nauseum because he would be probably the best in the league that does that. Mm-hmm. So... I know it's not sexy, it's not like his hair, his haircut, <laughs> but it is a a much needed thing. And I think if you got John and Brad in a private moment and you said, listen, what does March bring to the team that helps you? And they would say, without a doubt, maybe in public too, that his ability to get us open to do what we do best on the offensive end. So... Again, nine and seven to me is not a losing record. <laughs> They're still in the conversation to be one of the top teams in the East. It's extremely early, but here's what I don't want to happen: I don't want to see injuries, and I don't want to see John at sixty percent because it's you can tell when he's not right because yeah. of the way he plays, and if he's not right, sit him down especially early in the year because as Jeremy said, listen, when April comes around in May, you want these guys ready to go. And 
a game in November in Milwaukee, if it means John sitting, if it means John sits until after Thanksgiving, you do it because it's in the best interest of the team. Yeah, it's it's so hard because you know his mentality. He wouldn't want to do it. And, you got you to do it for him. Yeah, you have to speak and do this for him because he knows no other way than being a wolf, like he said. And if you're injured, that's what I think when he feels like he could play at his best. But if it's not at his best, city, it's okay. You know, I think people would understand it. Why would you want to bring somebody out there on the floor that's not healthy and John really was not healthy in that last game that we saw him against. So to sit in Toronto made sense. And if it makes sense for him to sit in Milwaukee and Charlotte, you sit him until after Thanksgiving. Now you've given him multiple days to get off that leg and to get some treatment. And then once we're done after Thanksgiving, then you put him back out. You put him back out there. I was going to add, I know that Otto is dealing with a swollen hand as well. He said he's going to play uh, tonight, Monday. But it made me think, if Otto goes out, I mean, it's almost – it makes you think, like, in general, like, okay, we're dealing with missing John, deal with missing Otto. Like, now you're just really low on on what you got. So so what you're saying is just so accurate. I mean, it, today does not matter. April, May matters. As long as you make it in the playoffs, anything can happen, especially in this Eastern Conference. Now, getting to home court, though, I will say this. Yeah. You got to get one of those top seeds because we saw what happened last year. Wizards took care of business at home couldn't get it done on the road in Boston, and then you saw what happened. But I, it's a tough balance. I mean, you think about, like, you know, from management to the coaching staff to the training staff, all figuring out this plan to just make sure how do we get these guys. Especially when they're on the road. To the finish line. How do we get them there? <laughs> exactly. How do we get them to the playoffs? And that, that that's a – I don't think a lot of people think of that. They just think, you know, roll the ball out, go play, whatever. But there's a lot that goes into it because it is a – long season you think about this these guys played at 3 30 yesterday to get on the plane we get here late mm-hmm. you got another game tonight you know you get off day then you're in charlotte then you got thanksgiving you know it's all and it's not an excuse it's just the reality of the nba there's just the games come you know in waves and even though the season started earlier i mean we've all been talking with those who work the games as well we're saying i mean you guys are always on the road i i'm only here sometimes but by extending these the calendar, it's extending these trips in cities for more days, which means yeah. that on the road, guys like us are working even more, and and women, and uh, the players, you know, they're chilling in hotels instead of being at home probably as much. I mean, how many added days do you think, Jeremy? Yeah. Maybe ten to I, twelve I, this season. I don't, I don't, I'd have, to, I don't know exactly, but it is, you know, to play a West Coast trip like we did that first week of the season. And we didn't play a back-to-back on a West Coast trip, which is crazy. So, so it's you know it's great in terms of getting rest and recovery, but you stretch out, you know that then you get a day in each city. It's sort of like you know it stretches out the actual trip in terms of days. It feels and, a lot longer. And just in yeah, and in terms of what we've got coming up, I mean we're here in this middle of a three-game and four-days trip. Then we get Thanksgiving, then we got a back-to-back of Philly, Minnesota, Minnesota, Philly back-to-back. And then we're home for one day, you know, one game. And then it's another West Coast trip, a long one. Like that's 10 days, gonna, yeah. That's not going to end until, the, <laughs> you know, until, you know, we come back to New York and have to actually wait a few days there. Um, so it's just, it's going to be a lot of days on the road. So if we can segue that right into one of my favorite new segments, Road <laughs> <laughs> This guy. With, with uh, C. Um, Mills here. Uh, I've, we've gotten a chance to watch a little bit of, of the Road Diaries. Um 
I, it's it's fun to watch. It's fun to kind of see what you're doing out on the road, and you know you get to sort of feel like you're you're in the cities. Yeah. Has it been fun to to film some of that stuff? No, it it has. And you know, you said earlier we debuted Road Diaries, you know, in L.A. I mean, I don't know. Not a bad place to be. So, so that was kind of our first one. We went to uh, UCLA. The guys were practicing. Remember that? And they started playing wiffle ball. It was just kind of like taking fans away from just talking about what you're seeing 94 feet Mm -hmm. and like showing you know maybe the personalities of the players or the cities in which we go to and you know we did one in san francisco that got a lot of buzz it was really cool to kind of go to fisherman's wharf i've never been there before so a lot of these places on the road i've gone to but i've just never taken like a camera Mm -hmm. Uh, and i'm just like why don't i just you know video document you know what it's like to be in some of these cities we were in miami Unfortunately, it rained that day. You know, it was like, come on, Miami's one of the better cities, you know, to yeah. shoot stuff. But uh, we just got back from Toronto, which was really cool. So, yeah, Road Diaries is kind of just, you know, what we see in each one of these cities where they all have their own personality. Mm-hmm. And uh, just trying to bring you kind of like that access and behind the scenes look. Well, uh, no, I didn't want to segue into your other show, but Chris, if, if for those that don't know, Chris is quite a sneakerhead. And which is which is one of his other shows. Stopping him at customs with all the sneakers. Yeah. The uh, the Soul Talk show. But I, my question to you is: Do you have? I'm not a shoe guy. I don't know sneakers well. Like I get one new pair of sneakers every year, probably. Um, do you have a shoe store in all these cities that we go to? Right. Am I going to get you in trouble? Let's see, oh, uh, figure out a way to see this. But uh, uh, yes. <laughs> uh, you know what's funny is we're in Milwaukee and I'm actually trying to find one as soon as we're done with the uh, the podcast here uh, Will and I are going to go walk around and see if we can find a shoe store but yeah um, I've been a sneakerhead really all my life and you know again this Soul Talk show that I'm doing that's S-O-L-E right. not S-O-U-L like uh, yeah like the fish mm-hmm. uh, is it, a sh- show where a lot of these guys are sneakerheads Otto you know, our first guest was Jody Meeks, you know, John, Brad, all these guys are all sneakerheads. And it's another one of these uh, shows that takes you away from the game, but it's close enough to the game because we all know that NBA is about entertaining, it's about competing, and it's also about fashion. Mm. And sneakers are a huge draw to a lot of people. I didn't realize how big the sneaker culture was until about a couple of years ago when a buddy of mine was like, man, you got to check out this Instagram, you know, these guys on this. And th- it's a movement, and it's it's pretty cool to see all the genres of shoes, uh, lifestyle shoe, you know, the, you know, basketball shoe, you know, things like that. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. I got a quick story. So Jody Meeks was our first guest, and we were in L.A. We were at this place called Cool Kicks on Melrose. Shout out to them, free publicity. And Jody actually bought a pair there and wore them oh, yeah. in the Lakers game and got buckets. Like he came in, I think he hit like his first two threes. And I remember in the game I was telling Carol Lawson, who was also one of my guests, I was like, it's gotta be the shoes, buddy. Yeah. So he kept wearing them. And I was like, that's kind of cool that, you know, you could take a story like that. Guy buy the shoe, he actually wears them, has some success on the court. And you know how superstitious all these athletes are. He just kept wearing them. So when he doesn't wear them, I look at him. I'm like, hey, man, where's, where's Where the, the shoes, bro? You know, so, yeah, it's another one of those fun shows that I like to just bring, you know, 
something to the fans that you know they, they might not see you know personality wise from the players well we're Chris's phone is buzzing, so that means you know, my man, it's time to go get new shoes, and we are uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. Uh, so we got the Bucks tonight, eight o'clock start out in D.C., and then the Milwaukee. Well, we're in, but time is eight in D.C. Right, right, right. Well, it'll be what our second last game ever at uh, the Bradley Center here in Milwaukee. New arena next year, new facility. That'll be great. And then uh, in Charlotte Wednesday. 7 o'clock start Eastern time, and then we got Thanksgiving. So this will be our only podcast this week, I believe. Um, so we'll talk to you all after Thanksgiving. Have a blessed holiday. To yeah, to you as well. Yeah. Ciao for now, Kids. Hope you enjoyed. Zach Rosen, Jeremy Hyman, Chris Miller. Take care.